Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast. We're talking about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we will be talking about the credo, the foundational pillar of our personal creeds, the credo of readiness. Um, readiness can mean lots of different things, whether it's uh, maybe preparedness for the apocalypse, maybe it's food storage, maybe it's knowledge, maybe it's uh, a, a bug out bag, or maybe it is, um, you know, a, a first aid kit in the, the, the kitchen drawer. You know, readiness can be all different kinds of stuff. So Jared and I each have a story we're going to talk about uh, someone who who exemplifies readiness in their life and talk a little bit about how we can apply it to our own personal creeds. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. So when I think about readiness, like you said, I think about eh, all the things. In fact, there's like a funny um, meme going around right now where uh, it's not a meme. What's well, it like a social media thing where these women like ask their husbands, like, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And guys are like, I don't know, a couple times a week. <laughs> like, and they're like all these women are like, what? Like, what do you think about? And they're like, I don't know, just like the amazing aqueducts or like how there was the greatest civilization that ever was or like all these different things and like how everything is derived from almost all the civilization and philosophy and justice and all of our rules of law are, are derived from the Romans. And like the women, these are like, I haven't thought about that since high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All these women are just like, what? I don't understand. And uh, so I thought that was kind of funny and chance sent me a, a video about that. And so I guess I'm not on that side of TikTok, And so I keep seeing these videos and then I commented on one and I was like, you know what? Really, if you want to you know, th- be boggled, your mind boggled about what guys think about, ask a guy if, how often he thinks about the grid going down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then me and this guy were like, well, do, back- I have, is, do I need a generator? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I, me and this guy were going back and forth. And he was like, yes. He's like, how soon are my marshmallows going to go bad? He's like, can I, how long does aspirin last? He's like, does, you know, uh, what is my, um, how long is my food storage going to last? And I'm like, yeah, seriously. Like how long can I have propane tank last? Do I need to buy nine jerry cans and fill them with gas? How long does the long, how long does gas last? If I buy ethanol free gas with gas, if I, if the power's out and I open the freezer and grab something and close it real quick, how many degrees is it going to drop before? Exactly. As a result to that. It's like, what if the power doesn't just go out? What if there's an EMP? And then how do I, (laughs) you know, it's like all these things. So like, then you get into researching, Faraday cage. Yeah, exactly. I was like, should I keep my phone in my Faraday cage? And it's like, if the crap is a fan, like how valuable is my phone going to be? I really only have pictures on there anyway. It's like, if I don't have the internet. So I was like, all this stuff I think about like on the way home from work or just like, when my my, my mind is quiet, it's just like, how long is your propane going to (laughs) last? So that's one aspect of readiness I thought was funny. But the the part I want to talk to you about today is actually something totally different than that. 
Uh, and it actually is from a, uh, a, a, a long document that's about like nursing uh, and it's about how to educate. Uh, and there's this method called the PEEK, uh, P-E-E-K. And it talks about four types of readiness to learn. And so these are considerations. So I have kids. These are considerations that the instructor should pay attention to to see if um, their pupil is ready to learn. And uh, I thought this was very interesting as I'm trying to teach my kids and I'm actually coaching a soccer team right now. And so it's interesting to like, well, I'm trying to teach them something, but they're they're not in the mindset to learn. Like I'm I'm yelling at them on the on the field. I'm like, hey, come over here, come over here, do this. And and I look back, and and some of the the kids stand there and just la la land. And I'm like, what's up? You know, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I I was just, I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, pay attention. I'm talking to you. You know, or they'll, or they'll yell back, I know. <laughs> and then I yell back, if you knew, then why aren't you doing it? <laughs> so I'm gonna go through these. Uh, the first one, the P. So peak, P-E-K, uh, the P is for physical readiness. And here's a, here's a couple bullet points under physical readiness that should be considered. Uh, measures of ability, complexity of task, environmental effects, health status, and gender. Boys learn differently than girls. Health status, is, this, is the kid sick? If he's sick on the soccer field, do you think he's going to want to be playing? Uh, it, just last Saturday, the environmental effects, Jax, my son, he went and scored a goal. He was like, yes. He was so excited. But then it started to drizzle, and he put his two little hands over his head, and he almost just like stood in one spot the rest of the time because he didn't want to get wet. And I had to pull. I was like, Jax, come on out. Let someone else play because they're not even playing. So the environmental effects like change everything. Uh, the next one is emotional readiness. So this is the P-E, emotional readiness, and a couple ones here, uh, anxiety level, support system, this is such an important one, support system. Some of these kids, they don't have support systems. They go to school and they don't have, they've haven't eaten breakfast because their parents didn't feed them. Uh, their parents were up all last night fighting or they don't have a dad or they don't have a mom. And so they have no support system at home. This is why a lot of, I think, uh, kids really fall behind this in, in their school system, especially you'll see a lot of this in inner cities. Uh, where there's fatherless homes. Motivation is another one. Uh, emotional readiness for emotional readiness. Uh, risk-taking behavior, frame of mind, and developmental stage. I have to talk to my nine-year-old very differently from the way that I talk to my five-year-old because there are different de- developmental stages. Well, I don't know if I would say that. Maybe I should talk to them differently, but sometimes I don't. <laughs> it's it's hard. Sometimes That's I'm just hard. talking to the group of them at one time. Sometimes I'm just talking and nobody's listening. <laughs> uh, the next E so is uh, experimental readiness, uh, experiential readiness. So level of aspiration, past coping mechanisms, cultural background, locus of control, and orientation. So those are some different ones. And the last K so P E P E E K is knowledge readiness. So uh, present knowledge, present, what's their present knowledge base? It's hard to teach someone about, uh, uh, I don't know, calculus if they don't know algebra. So what's their present knowledge base? If you're, if you're trying, if you're a nurse and you're saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is where you need to come into the arm and hit the vein. And they don't even know where the, 
they don't even know what a vein is. You're like, you got to start with that knowledge base. Uh, cognitive ability, uh, learning disabilities, and learning styles. Uh, so these are all like knowledge base readiness. So if we can consider these factors, remember P-E-E-K, that represent, and that is physical, emotional, experiential, and knowledge. Think about those things before you go to instruct someone. Uh, and if you can consider some of those uh, items, then you'll probably be a better instructor and you will not waste your time or the other person's time and they'll actually learn better because you've adjusted your style. And that's uh, how you get someone ready to learn. I like that. The peak method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all great. I like the, the bullet points underneath them too. It's like things to consider within that within that specific area. Yeah. Cool. I like that. That's something we can, I mean, even just take like a, a little litmus test and in any type of situation of, you know, kind of run through your head. Okay. You know, I'm dealing with someone, whether it's my kid or whatever else, just, you know, kind of take a little, a little test of each one of those things and say, you know, where's their headspace or where, where are they at with each one of those things? Um, cool. Good advice. So my uh, my story about readiness is about a young man who had uh, his, his he had prepared to fulfill his life's mission, and so this is the story of the uh, one of the the most I guess well known stories in Greek mythology about Theseus and the Minotaur. So. Theseus was known for his cur- his courage and readiness in the face of challenges. He was quick on his feet, and in this specific instance, he was very prepared and very ready. Um, in his his most famous adventure, which we'll talk about, was when he came face to face with a Minotaur. So, a Minotaur is a monstrous creature creature with the body of a man, but the head of a bull. So, body of a man, head of a bull. Hmm. So it's got big old horns, but body of a man. How did you keep your head and, up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You got sh- sh- strong shoulder muscles or something. Um. So this, this Minotaur, he lived in a labyrinth, that was created to basically capture, you know, in, 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 in capture him on the Island of Crete. So this labyrinth was created, um, by a, you know, an artist to keep this, uh, Minotaur at, at bay. And there's a couple different, thoughts of what this labyrinth was actually like. Some people think that it was actually built into a cave, and so it was pitch black dark. Uh, The labyrinth, it's like a maze. It is described as a dark and confusing maze with many twists and turns. And then I'll add on to there, with a carnivorous man-eating bull chasing chasing after you. Right? So... That's funny that the Athene bulls aren't carnivorous, though. (laughs) Yeah, well, so... This one is... (laughs) So that was, this was on the island of Crete, right? So the Athenians were were a different group of people. They had lost uh, a historical battle to the the people of Crete, and as a basically 
um, result of losing that battle, the Athenians were required to send a tribute every every nine years of seven girls and seven boys to the island of Crete. And basically they were a sacrifice to the Minotaur. And they would be put inside of the labyrinth, inside of the maze, and no one had ever escaped. And basically the, the Minotaur would go and would eat them and kill them and whatever else. So this punishment was imposed by the king of Crete. His name was King Minos. So Theseus was a young teenager in his early teens, and he was the son of King Agius, who was the king of Athens at the time. And Theseus, it came up to the nine years where it was time for Athens to send their tribute of seven boys and seven girls, and Theseus actually volunteered to be one of the tributes, to go and to end with the mission of ending this cruel practice of sending these tributes every nine years to Crete. Theseus had spent his whole life at this time training for this one specific mission, and he practiced physically, physical fortitude, mental fortitude, and he studied and did everything he could to try to prepare himself for what was kind of an unknown. They knew that they got sent into a labyrinth with a beast, but other than that, they didn't know. They no one had ever returned. So upon arriving in Crete, Theseus met the uh, king Minos, who's the king of Crete. He met his daughter, and his daughter immediately fell in love with Theseus. And so his daughter, she proposed something to, um, to Theseus. She said she handed him a ball of yarn whenever he went into the the labyrinth, the maze. And she said, I'll hold this one side of the yarn on the outside of the door and you unravel it as you go into the maze so that you can find your way back. So she gave him a ball of yarn and then she gave him a sword, uh, something that, that she kind of snuck into him. So he went into this they opened the doors See, he like his in. plan was heavily dependent on schmoozing this girl <laughs> yeah well hey you got to be ready he's ready, be for, ready it. for whatever <laughs> so they go in he's he's feeling through the dark and he's letting out the string as he goes through um he, he gets to the point where eventually he hears the, the 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 minotaur and engages in this fierce battle with this minotaur swinging his sword wildly because it's dark, he can't see anything, or it's very dimly lit, he can maybe see some shapes and movement. So he's swinging his sword around, trying to fight this massive monster, and he actually hits something really hard. So he hits something, and then the, the, the minotaur shrieks and actually knocks him down and knocks the sword out of his hand, which he loses the sword. He's feeling around on the ground. He can't find anything. Uh, he can start to hear... The, the Minotaur start to charge, and it's breathing as it's running towards him. He's feeling around on the ground, and he feels something hard and sharp and realizes, or pointy, let's say, and he realizes that when he was swinging his sword around, he had hit one of the horns of the bull of the Minotaur and had cut it off. And so right at the last second, as he could feel the breath of the Minotaur coming at him, he held it up and stuck it right through 
the heart and killed the beast as it fell on it. With its own horn. With its own horn. Brutal. So previous to this engagement, when Theseus arrived to the island of Crete, the king knew that this was the son of the king of, of Athens. And he was giving him a hard time. And Theseus had struck a deal with the king. And he said, if I kill this beast, will will you uh, basically end this tribute? And the king agreed, thinking that there's no way that this little twerp kid will kill this beast. Mm-hmm. So Theseus' strength and his bravery, he managed to defeat and emerge victorious after he followed the the trail of yarn back to the door to be able to get out him and all of the rest of the Athenian youth, as well as the King's daughter returned to Athens victorious. So there's a whole second, there's a whole second half to the story. That's kind of super depressing. So we won't even get into that. Maybe, (laughs) Maybe at a later time. Um, but this example really to me showcased a little bit of the the readiness that this boy had. He didn't know exactly what he was going into. He was kind of blind, but he prepared beforehand as much as he could. And I think he he, he was strong, he was quick, he was fast, he was trained. But at the same point, I think his preparation in this story, mental preparation, is that from the very beginning, he knew and he had it in his mind that I am going to be the one to end this tribute. I am going to be the one to end this cruel practice of killing of my people. Mm-hmm. And he had that set in his mind and he was ready. He knew that's what he was going to do. And he went there with a the mission. Nice. And I think a lot of times readiness is seeing the possibilities that are ahead of us and having a mission or and that mission might not even be spelled out exactly, but having at least the basis to be able to react in any situation and promote a positive outcome. I love so, it. Just a just a little bit of a, a a Greek mythology story. We've been listening with we've been listening to uh, this this kids Greek mythology podcast with the kids in the car oh, talking cool. about all different kinds of stuff like this. It's really cool. This is actually one of the stories. Well, this is part of one of the stories in less detail, but th- that they talked about and the kids really the kids really liked it. And I there's a couple other stories about Theseus and just how awesome and prepared and ready he was in every situation. So thought he was a good example of preparedness and readiness. That's awesome. So readiness can mean multiple different facets for your life whether that's preparing for an upcoming battle against a minotaur or preparing a classroom of students or preparing for the uh, a hurricane to come and knock out power or preparing for your financial future by tucking away some money for retirement or preparing for the next day by setting your clothes out in the morning. So I think this is absolutely uh, uh, a piece of my creed and I think it's important uh, to add it to... Your creed, uh, to our listeners out there, and whether what there's varying degrees of readiness. Uh, you know, I don't think I could just. I'm not ready to go run a marathon right now, but some people are, <laughs> and so I think that it depends on on what you value. But this is a great attribute that can overlay uh, other values that you have. 
uh, to where, you know, if, if you value being able to defend yourself and your family, uh, then readiness is a part of that, and you need to be ready to do that. And so uh, I encourage you to, to all apply this to your personal creeds, and thank you for building your creed with us. So let's go out there, and let's build it together. All right, let's do it. <laughs>